The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show. There are a number of uh, more live elements this week's show than uh, <laughs> what we might have traditionally, uh, which is good, if a bit riskier. Uh, coming up between now and, uh, well, what you can literally call the end, uh, we'll do it in reverse. Uh, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, talking about uh, the uh, recent games and looking ahead to the trip to MK Dons as well. We'll hear from Craig uh, and... Oh, hello. Craig and uh, his immediate responsibilities with Wickham Wanderers Women. Uh, we'll find out about their uh, next qualifying game in the Women's FA Cup. We'll chat to the chairman and vice chair of the Wickham Wanderers X Players Association, Alan Hutchison and JDT. Uh, John Taylor will be talking to us about their uh, annual dinner. Well, it was annual before COVID. Uh, that's coming up next month. And we'll hear from Adebayo Akinfenwa as well. Uh, he's been speaking to Luke uh, about his Beast Mode on screening, which comes to Wickham Swan next week. And we've got a competition uh, for you to win VIP tickets to that very event as well. But first, uh, as uh, we often like to do, uh, uh, to open up uh, our uh, Wickham Wanderer show, the uh, weekly event that is, our uh, match debrief uh, with Phil, uh, who, of course, you'll know as uh, match commentator, head of audio and broadcast at Wickham Wanderers, and, of course, host of the very excellent Ring in the Blues, and I'm very pleased to say uh, we can speak to him now. Hello, sir. Good evening, Colin. Really good to speak to you. Uh, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Yeah, it's nice to do this live and on air. It's just wonderful. No, really, really good. I was going to say we could prove it's live, but I thought that you could have done that just by saying nothing, and then we, <laughs> we'd we have edited that bit out if it was, it was, if it was, <laughs> if it was pre-recorded. <laughs> But it's been, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, um, in terms of... Well, I suppose it was always going to be interesting with, with the two games against Peterborough, but uh, I guess there was a bit of pressure on the team with the, with the win against Oxford as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's been, a, it's been a tricky little run of games when you look at them. Oxford, Peterborough and now MK uh, all have got an element of spice to them. Uh, a bit of heat, a bit of local rivalry, a bit of history. And in some cases, uh, well, nearly all of those games, uh, all, all of those things... You know, adding to the uh, you know the depth of the game and, and not just what goes on the pitch as well. Fans getting really stuck in and excited about it too. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of sums up League One really as well. And it's great that Wickham can have these little rivalries and spicy games because it really adds to the occasion. Really nice for the fans as well. As we say, there's there's a bit of a run of those three defeats, and really nice to be able to bounce back strongly. Uh, and uh, great to to do it at home against Peterborough as well with with some brilliant support, Adams Park. Yeah, it was really lovely to to get that second half performance, especially to get the three points, but also the drama at the end, uh, because at 2-1 and, and in, in injury time, Peterborough, to their credit, were really pushing Wickham hard. Um, but to get that third goal in injury time and the manner of the goal, the excitement of it, the goalkeeper coming up for Peterborough and then uh, the counter-attack and, you know, the work rate and endeavour of Anis Pometti and also Alfie Mawson, who I think must be uh, approaching the Olympic record. Uh, with his speed down the pitch and his calm head as well for the assist. A really brilliant, excitable end to the game, um, which will hopefully uh, see fans coming back for more for the run of home games we've got coming up now. As you said, there's real kind of spice to the game with with what's happened previously against Peterborough, but also because they've had such a good start to the season as well. Yeah, down from the Championship. They, they failed to stay up in the Championship and came into the game fourth in the table, um, although eight points off the automatics, which just goes to show the pace at the top at the moment. But uh, a really solid start uh, under Grant McCann. Um, but their fans weren't happy with the defeat, um, especially, I think, because it was against Wickham, but also perhaps the manner of it in the second half. Uh, and also with that pace, I think every defeat um, in this really competitive League One is keenly felt for those teams that really want to be in the top two. So what particularly impressed you about the, the display and, and obviously the outcome is, is pretty good all round? I think the thing about the Wickham uh, display was that um, in the first half, I thought the final ball, the, especially in the, in the final third, was poor uh, for Wickham. But in the second half, they improved, um, I thought, greatly in that area uh, and the intensity as well. So it was brilliant to see um, a, a game where we grew into the game and, and dominated and, and the fitness levels, I thought, were great. It's the first time we've come from behind in the league um, in over a year, unbelievably. Um, and I think that was excellent as well, because I think we kind of almost took it for granted before then that Wickham would, you know, even if it was really late and they were losing or needing to get a winner late on, more often than not, they would. Uh, but it has been a little while, so it was nice to get that back under our belts as well. And, and it was a very Wickham-esque performance, I thought. And really nice for uh, the various goal scorers, but great to see, obviously, Sam uh, Vokes back on the score sheet as well. 
Yeah, first home goal of the season for him, which is great. Second of the season. And we've got to remember as well, it's been an injury hit campaign for Sam Vokes. And I think strikers feel this even more keenly than anyone else on the pitch because it's that match sharpness. And it's the sharpness in front of goal that's really killer, isn't it? That's the killer instinct of all strikers and all decent strikers. Listen, Sam Vokes is a wonderful striker at League One. I think once he's 100% match fit, which I'm really thinking he's getting there now, we should be seeing him kick on now and uh, and hopefully add into that total. And it'll be great to do it against MK Dons at their place again on Saturday. Uh, more on that game uh, to come as well. But uh, Phil spoke to uh, Gareth uh, after the game as well to get his thoughts. I thought the lads were brilliant. You know, took on uh, what they did last week. Took it here at home. Some of these top teams, they haven't had the look that we've had at the moment. You know, we've had nine actual starters out and it, it was hard it was really hard but now they're gradually coming back you see Damani and, and Brandon both make an entrance today got a great squad you know I really have when everyone's fit we're going to be firing and I think patience was the uh, was the key word fans were fantastic thank you so much you know you really you really got behind the boys a little bit nervy at times but um, you know what a way to finish the game and uh, Alfie Mawson's uh, broke his sprint record I think on that, on that uh, it was it was sensational but the back three, Alfie, JJ and uh, Chris Farina, I thought just they contained what probably is one of the, the, the strongest strike forces in the league. And uh, if we can do that, then uh, there's no reason we can't crack on and, and compete against any team in this division. It's been a really good seven days for Wickham Wanderers. When I announced the team news in the village before the game, when I got to the bench, a big cheer for Brandon Handlin, yeah. and it shows you the importance of these returning players. Yeah, of course, you know, and he's going to get after. He's going to have to get up to speed. You know, it's going to take him some time. You know, and and, and again, once they're fit, they're not just ma- match fit automatically, and matches get you match fit. But um, no, the boys were sensational second half especially, but first half as well. You know, it's taken a worldy strike to beat us. I said to the boys, you know, if somebody beats you from twenty-five yards fair enough you know it's a great strike and that happened but they never really got in behind us they were the post on one but Max Strake is proving to be uh, one of the top keepers in the division and, and I say Anis Cristorino I mean these youngsters coming through now getting minutes is so it's so brilliant to see that um, they're gelling so well um, no, really, really proud of the boys today they deserve all the credit they were absolutely sensational Volks are getting another goal you know Nick Freeman Lewis Wing two holding midfielders who probably are more ball players more attackers but done a job for me you know um no, really, really proud of the boys today, and hopefully we can uh, we can crack on now. And on top of the victory, it was a victory from from behind as well. And we can have done that for a little while. <laughs> Cheers for the reminder, Phil. Yeah, uh, I know. But um, like I say, I know what I've got. Um, I spoke to Rob yesterday. Um, he, he, he's just fantastic with his backing and his belief. He deserves some credit, you know, because. I never feel pressure. I never feel pressure where I have to make a decision under pressure where sometimes you might make the wrong decision because you're feeling pressured. Rob's just been absolutely brilliant, knows what we are. It's almost a partnership at times where he's saying, look, get on with it. I'll get on with my bit and and I'll give you as much as I can. it's, it's brilliant to have that, you know, that backing. And uh, and Pete being over, obviously, he's, he's worried he has to go home at some stage. And, and we, we've, we've only been winning since he's been back. So, uh, and Missy, of course, you know, I can't thank him enough. They've been fantastic for me. Um, but today, yeah, real, real big marker, I thought, against a, a team that were in the championship last year, you know, and uh, obviously a little bit of spice in the game, you know, they... Uh, they obviously aggrieved at the two years ago when the points thing happened, and then and then you know looked at us and probably laughed at our championship total of points. But then you know, that was uh, that's, that's what it is. So we uh, we have to just try and get back there now as uh, as uh, as Wickham Wanderers. We, we want to get to that next tier, and uh, and we're. We've done well today to try and achieve that. A really great uh, result, a great performance, as we touched on with Phil, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, a really nice sort of end to the game as well. Yeah, that's what we like to see, isn't it? That's what you pay money for, excitement and uh, a bit of high drama and real quality as well. As I said, the the, the, the composed nature of Alfie Mawson, who has been brilliant, by the way. Um, everyone was very excited to see him return for Wickham Wanderers. But there were huge question marks over his fitness because he hadn't played much football. Um, but he's been excellent. He's been really, really excellent. And what's really lovely to see as well, he's got a big smile on his face. He's loving being back at Wickham Wanderers, really embracing the challenge of League One and, and loving being back under Gareth Ainsworth and Richard Dobson and wearing the quarters again, which is really, really good to see. His quality at the back is uh, is uh, unrivaled, I think, in League One. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Sam Vokes up top, 
getting near it's 100% fitness, finding the back of the net. He's got an away goal, he's got a home goal, and it was really good to speak to him after the game too. Bit of a frustrating first half. It was uh, it was good to get ourselves back in the game and go in one or at half time. Um, but I thought we we grew into the game massively and and were the strongest team definitely come the second half and uh, rounded it off nicely and a great home win in front of the fans. And assist as well for get G Max goal. Yes, yeah. Um, I was going for goal to be honest with you, but it was nice to find G Mac uh, at a back stick. But it was. Um, no, it was nice to get that goal before half-time, so I think it settled a few nerves going into half-time, and uh, like I say, we came out a lot stronger second half. In the first half, you were finding space, but the crosses weren't finding you a lot of the time. Was it? Did you think maybe it was one of those days? Yeah, it felt like it a bit, and there was a bit of frustration, I think, because um, we were getting ourselves in good positions, but uh, that end product just wasn't there first half, and I think it's um, something we spoke about at half-time, and, and, and we built on that second half. Real quality assist from Nick Freeman for your goal as well. Yeah, Nick done brilliant. Um, Real box-to-box player today and, and he showed his fitness and it's great to see him back playing regularly after that uh, injury last year and he did uh, some great footwork in the box and I was delighted when it, he uh, he managed to find me in the six-yard box. And talk about the third goal from your perspective as well. We were screaming up in the uh, up in yeah. the gantry. Uh, we thought Alfie was going to shoot and when he didn't we thought the moment had gone but real composure when everyone else was losing their head. Yeah, definitely, yeah. From my perspective, I was just trying to get out of the pitch. I was knackered at that point but... <laughs> Alfie showed his uh, his fitness at the end there and uh, I don't know where he found that pace in the 90-odd minute, but yeah, he did fantastic and uh, yeah, that rounded off a great performance. Great to hear from Sam Vokes and uh, of course Peterborough, uh, the visitors once again on uh, Tuesday evening as well. Uh, that and me, Papa John's trophy, which, uh, you know, I guess uh, some people might be pleased that we're no longer in, but it was a fantastic, um, you know, sort of effort in the end and uh, unfortunately not quite enough to go through though. Yeah, the best performance, I think, for Wickham in, in the group. Um, and a 1-1 draw uh, and a win on penalties, albeit a redundant penalty shootout, although great experience for the players that took part. And a win is a win, as they say. So the two points, uh, four points in total for the group, not enough to get out. Um, but as Peter knew, uh, a draw would be enough. Um, they had big guns on the bench. And when Wickham took the lead, through Daryl Horgan in the second half, a really good goal, by the way, as well. And Adam Leather's really key to the assist for Daryl Horgan's uh, neat finish. Um, as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, Grant McCann sent uh, Johnson Clark Harris up to warm up. Top goal scorer this year in League One. Uh, he was thwarted on Saturday in the league, but he had one chance uh, on Tuesday night and he took it um, unmarked at the back post. So I think that you'd expect him to hit at least hit the target and score. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, Big Max Trick, uh, unable to do anything about that header, no fault for the keeper. Um, but 1-1 one, one was enough. Um, and Wickham, despite Big Max going up this time in injury time, nearly connecting on, on one at the end. Uh, and also a debut for Christy Ward as well, uh, uh, one of the development boys who was signed from Brockenhurst. He signed and, and had a pre-existing back injury, which, which they knew about and they knew they'd have to get right before we saw him. Uh, in the quarters but uh, a competitive debut for him for Wickham Wanderers uh, is a big plus as well and we're expecting big things from him uh, along with the other development boys I thought Jasper Pattenden starting at left back and then moving across to right back uh, when Jack Grimmel was taken off uh, as a precaution in first half stoppage time was another really bright spot as well but it is a big shame um, that Wickham are out because it means now that these development boys uh, I've got um, one less at least competitive game for them to get some minutes in the quarters uh, and, and continue to, to develop their career. Gareth Ainsworth did allude in his post-match, didn't he, that, that some of those may well now be looking to go out on loan uh, to continue their football education and, and, and senior football experience, which will be no bad thing either. But yeah, it would have been lovely to get through and get a second round draw and just see how far they can go. Uh, but uh, one for next season. But we we got four more points than we did last year in this competition. And it's a competition that now really does make sense for Wickham Wanderers with the development squad and also with the larger first-team squad with players coming back to fitness and, and getting minutes as well. A really good sign of progress for the team. And obviously on Saturday, looking to make it three wins in a row, uh, going to a place where many fans remember their last trip to Stadium MK for that playoff and uh, where they were situated. Oh, yeah. What a night that was, by the way. Um, uh, certainly when the final whistle went, it was a very tense uh, 90 or so minutes before then. MK Dons played Wickham off the park, but uh, a superb rear guard action and one of the uh, all-time great goalkeeping displays for Wickham Wanderers by David Stockdale uh, meant, meant that the celebrations were pretty wild on the pitch and in the top corners of the away end at, at Stadium MK. Um, it wasn't that long ago, really, was it, mate? But it, a lot has happened since then for both clubs. 
uh, a lot of term, a lot of churn of players, um, uh, particularly uh, for MK Dons. A lot of big names have gone as well. Their star players, uh, and um, it's been a really tricky start for them. It's been a sticky start for Wickham as well, must be said. But I think MK Dons in in much greater need of a positive result on Saturday, um, and we'll see if that pressure tells. Because Liam Manning, I thought, did a fantastic job last season. He took over right at the start of the season when Russell Martin left for Swansea. He inherited a good situation, but he really kind of kicked on. He almost took the foot off the brake for them a little bit as well. And they played some really beautiful, expansive football and got in the playoffs, had a phenomenal season. Many people thought they were very unlucky not to go out automatically. And a lot of people were tipping them to kind of um, walk their way through League One this season and pick up where they left off. Um, but it hasn't been the case. They find themselves in the relegation zone. Um, but with local derbies, you often have to look at the table and think it's not really relevant because this game will have a bit of edge, it'll have a bit of spice, um, and we'll have to see what happens with it. But Wickham can go into it off the back of these two wins against Peterborough and Oxford, two really good wins as well. Um, hopefully they can go in with their tails up and, and hopefully they can make the situation worse for MK Dons come five o'clock on Saturday. Great to have you, Sean, on the show live uh, this week. Thank you so much, Andy, for your time and enjoy the game on Saturday. Cheers, Colin. Looking forward to it. Uh, Phil Catchpole there. Uh, You'll be your match commentator on Saturday uh, on Wickham Sound on 106.6 and on Wanderers TV, of course, which is uh, where you can catch up with the uh, full interviews that you heard with Gareth and Sam. Uh, Also at that Peterborough game on Saturday, uh, Luke caught up with Adebayo Akinfenwa ahead, of course, of next Wednesday's double screenings at Wickham Swan of Beast Mode On. Nice to see you again. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Yeah, good. Although you will be coming back every week now. (laughs) (laughs) Bale, we've spoken to the club. We've spoken to Wickham Swan. I think the the word that is being described as excitement uh, for the Premier. You've seen the trailer today, which looks brilliant. Um, It's not just... uh, The the big thing was it's not just coming to watch it. It's an experience. Um, What can you tell people that uh, haven't got their tickets yet what it's going to be like? First, listen, go get your tickets because um, I actually chose to... To, to, to have the premiere at Wickham just to, because it, it means so much to me it is my second home and I think what they'll get from the documentary I think they'll get an insight to the man that behind what everybody sees um, and it's been a journey and it's been a process and then also it should show that look we all go through stuff um, and I think perseverance and mindset is the most important thing um, and it's exciting. Like, I haven't seen the final edit. Um, and I keep saying, I, I think I'm going to look to take it in with everybody else and get everybody's reactions at the same time. Um, so come join me. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's another part of the process, another part of the journey. And how about life after football? Were you watching today going, I wish I was on the pitch or, or not? Nah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to get back on the pitch. I, like I said, I see Volksy run the channel a few times and I see him even get booked because he ran back. So I, I remember the, the, the yard you have to put in, but I went in there at half time and I'll always say you can't replicate the change of him. You can't replicate the bond. Um, and that's what I miss. Um, but listen, I, I, I still keep in touch with everybody here, including Gaffer, Dobbo, um, and yeah, you can't replicate the changing room, but I don't miss being out there on the pitch. I think that's the big thing. I think when everyone heard that it was being shown in Wickham, and you, you know the rumours that you were going to be here today as well, there was an excitement. And I think as much as you love being here, we love you being here as well. And I think you know Wednesday the 26th is going to be brilliant, and we're all all looking forward to it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing it with and um, watching it with you yes, as well. Yes, yes. Listen, come down if you ain't got a ticket, come down um, and take this in because listen, we've. I believe that our journey, six years and, and beyond, it will go on. It's been incredible and it's just a nice way to take it in together. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, speaking this morning at his press session from the training ground looking ahead to the trip to MK Dons and we'll preview the latest qualifying round of the Women's FA Cup uh, which uh, Wickham Wanderers women will be involved in. We'll uh, chat to Craig as well who's uh, doing some uh, media work with them. But first, if you're a regular listener uh, around this time of the show you'll know that uh, we often get to speak to uh, many uh, former stars who've worn the uh, quarters over the years thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association Uh, They've got their annual dinner returning next month. I'm very pleased to say uh, joining us this week uh, on the show is uh, the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association Chairman, Alan Hutchinson. A very good evening to you. Good evening. And uh, his vice chairman is uh, JDT, uh, John Taylor, who's also with us. Hello, sir. 
Hi, Colin. <laughs> They'll be answering various questions on their specialist subject, which is the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Uh, Alan, tell us a bit about the, the, the Ex-Players Association Festival, because it's, it's in, uh, now 12 years. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's an amazing story, actually, because it's something I'd thought about for many years. And I never got the chance to, to actually launch it, because working six days a week from 8.30 to 6.30 at the football club never gave me the chance to really launch it because it was, I was too, far too busy at, uh, at the football club. But um, in 2008, the owner, Steve Hayes, um, we had a fallout, which was a real pity at the time, but it was a serious fallout. And he said to me, he said, I think you should leave at the end of the season. And so uh, that was the end of that. So out I went. And then at the start of the following season, in August, he rang me and said, look, he said, uh, I think I've made a mistake. He said, when can you come back? I said, well, I'm not coming back because I've got another job um, where I only uh, only work, work five days a week and it gives me a chance to spend the weekend with my wife. I said, and that's very important to me. I said, but I do have an idea to launch an ex-players association. And I said, we need to have a committee which we hold once a month at the football club. Um, and... Uh, the other thing I'm interested in is having a dinner at the end of the season. Uh, I said, but once we get going, you know, it, it could be great. So there's long pause. And he said, um, right, OK, do it. He said, you can have a room at the football club. It won't cost you anything. He said, you can meet once a month as you want. And the annual dinner, well, we can put that for, down for you as well and get that cracking. And he said... Uh, Anything else that you think of we can help with, he said, we will do it. And so it was brilliant because it meant where we were very good friends at one time, we'd had this fallout, and now all of a sudden uh, we came back to be good friends again. And um, it just, it was terrific. And, of course, JDT was one of those on the list that I needed because, though, um, I mean, he'd worked at the Buxbury Press and he'd reported on, on the club um, and all the other things he'd done during his career. Um, have been fantastic. His ability with a computer is unbelievable. It really is quite tremendous. So it meant we would have somebody that could really run things in a way that would um, make the whole thing roll throughout the whole session with the members that we wanted to join. And also having on the committee um, someone from each era meant that he would know the players that he played with and would be able to contact with them. So we had somebody from the 50s who was, um, uh, you know, did very, very well for us and sadly is no longer with us. But um, then we had 60s, which Keith Samuels is still with us then, um, uh, Vince Faulkner from the 70s, who's still with us, and so on. It went right the way through, uh, and it was just so successful, and it has been for, what, 12 years, something like that, 13 years. And JDT, there's such a real sense of community as well as, as, as it's grown. Well, the strange thing is that um, we actually did do something before the 2009 formation. We, uh, Hutch and I, got together and uh, we did a dinner for the two, uh, for the 1957 FA uh, Amateur Cup final team, and 11 of the squad, 11 of the 12 squad, turned up. The only there was only one uh, man who was missing, um, and. Uh, Somebody came up to us afterwards and said, oh, that was quite good, wasn't it? Um, why don't you do that again? Uh, it took a little while for that to go into Hutch's head, but uh, he did get there in the end, and, uh, and that was when he, he, call, he called me in. And, uh, I mean, you talk about the community. We, we had, for the very first official event that we had, uh, was a match on an Easter Monday against Chesterfield at home, and we got 120 ex-players attended, and the the club were astounded. And to be honest, we were. Um, but that really set the uh, the tone for it, and um, you know it has grown and grown and grown. Um, we don't know how much longer because the more modern players are not necessarily uh, as keen on the uh, event as uh, uh, some of the, the older ones. And the reason for that is quite simple. The older ones, most of them live locally. The more modern players, I mean, you just spoke to Akin Fenwar a, a few moments ago. We said to him, you're going to join the Ex-Players Association. And he said, which of my 16 ex-clubs should I join? It's that kind of thing. So, but we're making the most of it at the moment. 
And Alan, there's a real fundraising aspect to it as well, which people might not be aware of. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's absolutely fantastic because, and it's local too. I mean, we do all the fundraising we do is money for local charities and local things, like because the Air Ambulance, just as an example, which is a very, very important group that work very hard um, on flying around with the ambulance to rescue people that are seriously injured. And they need support, and we um, often give them money. Um, and there are a number of other uh, contacts as well. Hearing dogs for the, bl- hearing yep. dogs for the blind, I was going to say. Yep. But there are definitely hearing dogs for the deaf. <laughs> <laughs> They're very talented, those dogs. Yeah, they are, yeah. I always got that one mixed up. Um, but we, uh, we also, uh, um, and Hutch is quite right, that's one of our fundamental procedures during the year is to get enough funds to, uh, you know, to help out uh, local charities. And uh, this year we've got a particularly uh, relevant one because uh, we're doing something special for a man we call Mr. Wickham, who's John Reardon. Uh, some of some of your listeners would never have heard of John Reardon, but let me just tell you, he's the only person who played for the club, managed the club, was assistant manager under Martin O'Neill and various other managers, and took the very job that uh, Hutch had as club secretary. Um, and that doesn't include things like on the day he got married, he got married at midday and turned out for Wickham Wanderers in the afternoon. We are going to um, help Wickham Set uh, do a conversion of their premises, and it's going to be called the Reardon Rooms, and uh, we're helping finance that with, uh, with some other bodies as well. And, uh, and that, we hope, is going to be a really, really successful thing from the dinner, uh, and I think uh, Hutch will tell you the the man who's coming along to uh, to speak about it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And this is something that is very important because this is one of the reasons why we want to uh, do this this evening on Wickham Sound is to get as many people in as possible because we need to raise those funds. We have got funds, but we it would be great if we could get some funds in. Uh, to do to do that, um, and the whole thing will be put to bed, and then there would be the John Reardon room, um, which would be absolutely terrific. Um, and I think it's Bob Dell you mean, isn't it, John? Well, I no, I was meaning somebody even even bigger than Bob Dell. Bob Bob Dell is uh, is going to be doing some of the work on it, hmm. but Martin O'Neill, oh yes, who spoke so eloquently at uh, Reardo's funeral, which unfortunately was curtailed because we were in the midst of COVID, but Martin still turned up and gave, as Martin always does, a, a, a riveting eulogy to Reardo, and um, he's coming along to the dinner. As he always does. That's right. Uh, you know his his big event, his big event of the year, isn't it, Hutch? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, when it was first launched, he, he he used to pull my leg like mad. You know, say, "What do you want to do that for?" I'm an ex-player. He said, "No one to turn up." And of course, once he turned up, he couldn't believe it. And he's just kept coming back. He's coming back. He always arrives late. He wait. You know, we're already at it and getting going, and suddenly the door opens and in he comes. But as John rightly says, he's been to all of them and he supports it and he's absolutely terrific. And as well, it's not just an event for ex-players, fans can come too. Sorry? It's not just an event for ex-players, fans can come too. Oh yes, absolutely, this is absolutely right. We were coming on to that anyway, but yes, fans that will want to come, they'll be very, very welcome. Uh, But they must understand that those are ex-players. The ex-players, they pay a special fee... Um, and then those that aren't ex-players have to pay the full fee. So, um, you know, but anybody that's really interested in coming, they can contact either John, John, or myself. Yeah, well, we're, we're only talking about a fivers difference there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I tell you who else is coming. Interestingly, uh, he only rang me a couple of hours ago. The very man that Alan was talking about right at the start of the conversation, Steve Hayes. Now, Steve Hayes... Uh, in some Wickham fans' eyes, is is not a name they like to mention. 
Steve Hayes for Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association has been absolutely terrific, was absolutely terrific at the start, and he has supported the events even though he faded out of the picture. And um, he's uh, got a, a, a table of 10 uh, for the event. And, uh, yeah, we're really, really grateful for, for Steve and his support. Absolutely, yeah. As I say, it was good. We we had a fallout, but we got back and we've been friends for many years. And the good thing about him, I first met him when Big Terry Evans, uh, who we're fond close with, with him, John, in fact, Big Terry, uh, Dave Jones, who was a fantastic uh, um, physician there, and and, um, Dave, uh, and Gina Allen, who was a club doctor, we meet once a year. We're that close with friends. And he was a friend and had been a friend of Terry's for a long time. And it was Terry who got him into the club, actually. And so to get back and be a friend of his now is absolutely super. So, JDT, give us a bit of an idea of uh, what else will be happening on the evening. We haven't actually well, said what it is yet. It's the 18th of November. Well, we, we, we hope that um, certain people aren't listening because we've got two really, really big surprises. Um, it's the 135th anniversary of the club. And um, one of the things we do every year, we have a feature around a particular event, like, you know, 30 years ago, Martin's first trip to Wembley, the 2007 League Cup semi-final team, the 2001 Cup semi-final team. This year, we're looking at the 135 years of the club. It's not going to take 135 hours to do. Um, we're going to go briefly through the, the highlights, but people will be able to see action from a lot of the big events that have littered Wickham's history over those years. And we've got two special awards which uh, are going to two people who we're not going to name, but I can tell you that they are two of the biggest names in Wickham Wanderers history, and I'm talking about modern history. Um, and those those two will be really big awards. So it's it's I think this year, yeah, we've been away for two years with the COVID. I think it's going to be a really really smashing way to come back. And Alan, something that really stands out about these events is that you know the, the opportunity for people from, as you say, different eras to really kind of mingle and get together again. Oh, absolutely. What has been an incredible uh, situation over the years, and I, I watched it very carefully, was people that played in different eras suddenly become very good friends. And they exchanged stories and the people they knew, and they either play golf together or they do, do something, but that they've suddenly become good friends. And that's what's really linked High Wickham in a very big way uh, with the ex-players association is that those players, that, for example, with the guys that played in the 50s suddenly got very friendly with the fellows who played in the 70s. And uh, it's really good to see all that kind of thing going on um, because it's just one thing, and that is Wickham Wanderers. And JDT, I'm sure that you've heard in the, you know, the many uh, ex-players that we've spoken to over the weeks, but they do have you know, such a, a place in their hearts for the club. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that the, the players come and go, um, but the Wickham somehow have got the group of people who somehow stay together. Now they're WhatsApp groups and, and things like that. But, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, as you know, because you, you featured it, we had the boys from the 50s, we call them the boys, <laughs> the boys from the 50s and the 60s who got together uh, 20 odd of them uh, Alan's, under Alan's chairmanship arranged by John Bignall um, at the Bullet Bissom and they had three or four hours together just talking about football in the 1950s and the 60s. Now that's fantastic a few months ago uh, Keith Scott and uh, Rhino organised um, a get together for some of the boys from the 90s. So they they come together even though there's not necessarily an event. But let me just tell you one thing, because you may be pressed for time, but uh, we have, a, we have a, a Facebook page, and uh, on it, the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association Facebook page, you'll see tonight an exclusive who is going to be the next Prime Minister of this country. In yeah. fact, we have a picture of him already stood outside of um, ten, number 10. Um, so I'll just uh, leave you with that little thing. And I can tell you he'll be at our dinner. 
which is, which is what, less than 44 days away. Exactly. <laughs> so, if you want to find out more, how can people get tickets, Alan? <laughs> oh, terrific. How can people get tickets? They can, they can. Uh, oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perhaps they can get tickets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, but they, they can contact mus- contact myself or Alan. Yeah. Um, our, our contact details are all on the Wickham Wanderers club pages. Uh, if you press the icon on the on the right hand side, it goes to our pages, and it has all the details how to get a hold of Hutch, especially. Uh, and then the, the the rest of the committee and most of the, these people you will know uh, on your uh, weekly trips down to Adams Park. I nearly said Lokes Park there. Hmm. Uh, gents, it's been a pleasure to have you both on the show. Uh, I hope it's a really successful event and uh, we look forward to hearing more about it. Yeah, thanks very see. much for doing this for us. That's very grateful. It's super. Thanks um, very much. And we'll see you there, Colin. Yeah, yeah. very much looking forward to it. Uh, Alan Hutchison, who's the uh, chairman of uh, the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association, and uh, JDT, uh, the vice chair, speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of this week's Wickham Wanderers show still to come. We'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth as we look ahead to the trip to MK Dons uh, on Saturday. But first, I'm uh, very pleased to say we can chat to Craig, who's been uh, doing some uh, media work with Wickham Wanderers Women. Hello, sir. Hello, Colin. How are you doing today? Really good, thank you. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Excited to talk to you about the uh, Wickham ladies. Absolutely. It seems, as, as we've spoken to uh, Carl and a number of the players in recent weeks, it seems like a, a really fantastic time to be involved with the chair girls. It really is. There's uh, a really progressive, forward-thinking um, implementation of, of, of how we want to raise the profile of them and, and, and how we want more, more coverage for them, definitely. Especially after the, the Lionesses did so well in the in the Euros, and there there seems to be a real um, sort of feeling of transition at the club with uh, the new head coach coming in and some new players, uh, but some of those from from previous seasons as well. Absolutely, I think um, as well. What was really big for not only the, the the chair girls but also the club as a whole to host that game at Adams Park um, in the second qualifying round of the FA Cup, um, which we've got the third round this weekend qualifying, but the, the last one to have uh, I think two hundred and seventy one was the was the total of people there. So. And that was, that was really big for, for the girls to, to have that game there. So tell us about your own involvement and, and, and what your, your kind of role is, if you like. Um, my current role is, um, it's, it's, it's simply, it's quite broad in a way where I, I will, on match days, I'll, I'll just do everything I can to, 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 to consume information. I'll do uh, match day tweets. I'll do pre-match interviews uh, with, with, with the Carl manager. I'll do a pre-match interview with maybe one of the players. Um, post-match, I'll do um, uh, interviews that will go up on the website. I'll do behind-the-goal coverage that you'll see maybe on the highlights if you've seen on Wickham's website. Um, I will then, on Monday, uh, we have access to like a VO camera that we can e- edit footage from. I'll get timestamps from that. So it, it Sunday it starts, but it doesn't really end till Monday, my my kind of working uh, for over the, over the couple of days. So, yeah, it's... it's um, it's it's quite it's quite a lot, but it's 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 worth it, and it's definitely something that I think definitely the Carl and the girls so far are very kind of appreciative of, and they can all see the benefits of it um, already in this last three or four weeks since we started. And of course, not just the first team, but there's the reserves and under 18s as well, which are generating a lot of interest too. Absolutely, like they have a really good setup, and uh, the reserves actually this season are unbeaten. They haven't lost. Um, the under 18s, they have. They play some really big clubs. They play. Uh, I think they're playing. Uh, they played Nottingham Forest last weekend. Um, I think they may be playing Derby this weekend. I might be wrong there, but they play some really, really big, uh, big youth teams, development squads. Um, so absolutely, there, there's a real big buzz around everything. And with Carl, like you've already mentioned, on Carl coming in in the summer, um, I think he's brought a really fresh impetus and uh, uh, an energy about about the project. And I was excited to be able to attend my first uh, Wicked Wanderers women's game as well at Adams Park. And, and, and you know, you can't help but be impressed and, and inspired, really, by the, the, level of, the, the level of football and uh, also the way that, you know, other young supporters are, are inspired as well. Absolutely. Uh, we, we had, um, you know, post-match from that when we're looking at social, social media and sort of uh, seeing the feedback from people. A lot of it was um, mums or dads bringing their their boys and obviously their their their, their daughters to, to matches for the very first time and just realms of, of, of positivity coming out of it it was um you know it was it was almost like we're going to try this we don't know how it's going to come across and it was and it, it came really 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 good and you're absolutely right about the, the quality I mean that's something I've been blown away by in the last three or four weeks is is if people are, are, are not sure about coming to a game 
Well, I would massively advise you to because the quality um, that you will see is 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 up there. It really is up there. And something which really stood out for me, and I mentioned it to, to Carl and also uh, Cara, who was the, the captain on the day as well, that there was two young girls sat near me. They were 10 and 11. I know that because they mentioned it quite a bit. But they, they were <laughs> saying to their mum and dad, how, how imp- and their mum and dad were saying to them, you know, uh, watch this and you've got to take this into training. And they, they really wanted to sort of meet the players afterwards and, and get signatures. And it's a fantastic sort of uh, all-round experience for them. Well, this is what it's about. It's about having role models and representation. Um, and off the back of the Lionesses in the summer, I mean, you know, the fact that Wickham are now putting the front foot forward with um, the chair girls and with the women's team is fantastic because young girls and, and can come to can come to matches and can sit in the crowd and 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 and, and have role models and have idols and a favourite favourite female players, which you know maybe up to this point they haven't had that chance to do. So again, this is one of the main reasons that this is happening. So we can have people like that come to our games and girls come to our games and. And, and resonate with the players on the pitch. And a really good move for the team as well to be at the 1878 Stadium in Burnham now, a great sort of base for them for both matches and, and training too. Absolutely. And I'm not going to pretend to know everything, you know, sort of um, pre the summer and things. Obviously, it's, it's still new for me as well. But from speaking to, to um, a lot of the girls um, that have been there for two or three seasons, like they are all really, really happy to be at like a proper stadium. If you've never been to Burnham's um, stadium before, it is... It's, it's got a nice stand. It's got good facilities. It's got a really nice um, sort of um, a bar facility afterwards which you can go in after the game, have a drink. You can watch matches on in there afterwards as well. It's it's a really, really, really nice facility. And I would encourage anyone just to come down, particularly this Sunday, to uh, to have a look and experience the day. Yes. Do, do, do tell us a bit more about what's happening on Sunday. So, yes, yeah, Sunday is, as we touched upon earlier, this is the third round of the FA Cup qualifying rounds. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um and if the, the chair girls win, and hopefully they win, uh, all fingers crossed, they will be in the first round of the FA Cup proper, which from doing a little bit of research and asking some of the girls, they've never been in the first round proper before. So it would be a massive, massive big deal, not only for uh, footballing reasons, but naturally, as anything with a cup run, it will bring massive financial uh, gain as well for the club. Well, they must be on such a high as well from, from doing so well against uh, London Benfica and playing at Adams Park too. Yes, I mean, in the you know seeing the girls the week after, they were still beaming from from that game, you know, from from playing. Also, how loud it was, just 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 absorbing all of that energy and, and trying to sort of boil it up. I think uh, I think they they'd love to play there all, all the time, but uh, you know they they're they're happy to be at Burnham. They're happy to kind of you know that's their home ground. It's new for them this season. They want to really put a, a staple on on that this is their home ground now and. I think there'd be nothing more than a, a statement to, to to win on Sunday. That would that would be uh, that would be really good. I think there's something really nice about sort of attracting uh, new supporters as well. Perhaps people have only really seen the men's team before and want to find out what women's football locally is like. Yes, I mean this is it. Wickham have have had um, a, a very successful first, in particular over the last uh, number of years. And obviously, as you were talking to to um, people from the Wickham uh, sort of players ex players association there earlier. You know, there's got a, Wickham is steeped in history, and it's going to be 100, 100, 135 years old, too, 125 years old. Too. It's it's a, it's incredibly historical club, and you know how wonderful it would be to to in five, ten, fifteen years time, players are meeting up from from the women's game to go. Oh, do you remember that cup run we went on in 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 you know twenty two, twenty three? You know that would that would ultimately make uh make you know that that would be fantastic if we could we could achieve something along the lines of that, and as as far as the men have done over the years. Really exciting time to be following uh, the chair girls and watching watching all three sides uh, grow. Really, so how can people find out more? Um, you can actually jump on the Wickham website. It, it's it's got men and women information on it as well. Like you can see highlights from the women's games. Um, you can see interviews, match reports. Um, but you can also in a in a to, to see everything as it's coming up. You can follow um, the uh, Wickham Wanderers women on on Twitter. Um, that's probably one of the main places to do. You'll get all your ticket information, uh, uh, match times, uh, which they're normally at two o'clock on a Sunday for your first team and your reserve team. Um, and your under 18s will uh, normally play at home again at Burnham at uh, about half past 10, 11 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday morning. So there's a couple of different options there. For, so you could actually go to the under 18s on a Saturday morning and then you could go down to Adams Park, which is only a short drive away from, from Burnham and, uh, and, watch the, and watch the men's team. What a, what a feast of football it could be, uh, could be in, in your same Wickham Wanderers shirt as well. Not a bad way to spend yeah. the weekend there. Exactly. So, you know, you can, you can watch two games on a Saturday and one on a Sunday if everyone's at home, which, uh, exactly, you can, re- you can really, 
uh, you know, make your weekend about Wickham, whether it's men or women. Like, let's just make it Wickham, Wickham, Wickham. Great to have you on the show this week. We'll be hearing more from you uh, in the uh, in the coming weeks as well. And uh, all the best for the weekend too. Thank you very much, Colin. Speak to you soon. Uh, brilliant chat to Craig on the Wickham Wanderers show this week. Uh, finally, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, talking about all sorts of things, including uh, those uh, two wins against Peterborough. What a week, you know, and, uh, and again, the boys showing that, you know, with the injuries back and with a fully fit squad and, well, not fully fit, but with more more fit players than I've had all season. We're a different sort of team, you know, we're a different outfit. I think... Your know, players coming back into the team take two or three games to get going again, almost your Sam Volkses and and, and and the like. So no, really, really pleased with the result on Saturday. I thought we played really well, and I, you know, I still look at the Plymouth game and the Shrewsbury game and the Charlton games and thinks we deserve probably about three or four more points at the moment. We'd probably be in about fourth and fifth place if we had those, and and that's for me a true reflection of where we should be. But it doesn't always go like that, you know. You've got to make sure that you you do win those games and. Um, like saying Oxford, we we scored the goal that counted, and Peterborough, we we you know we we really dug deep to come back from uh, you know them pegging us back. It was a, it was a nice nice moment, exactly. So yeah, against one of the teams that are going to be fancy at the end of the season without a shadow of a doubt. Has there been anything in particular that you've been working on, or um, you know, after after those three defeats, or is it just a case of you know, as you say, it was just a case of getting the, the players back, and and you sort of you had had sort of faith that it, it would turn. Yeah, I've always not. I've always faith. You know, that's my job to have belief and, and give these boys total, total belief that they can go and achieve anything, which they can without a shadow of a doubt. They can achieve whatever they want. I know what I've got as a squad. I know, you know, you don't make the playoff final by fluke. You know, we, we, the last three seasons is a is a promotion, is a, a an unbelievable championship campaign, and then a playoff final. You know, this this group is a, is a strong group without a shadow of a doubt, and, and we've got to make sure that we. Uh, we continue in that vein and that, and that belief, but um, the league has got stronger. That's that's the thing. There's outside influences here that we can't affect. That you know, you you top well, top ten now, really. You know, I'd say we have a game in hand on Bristol and and is it Exeter or I think. And uh, but after that, looking upwards, you, you're looking at your your twenty thousand crowds plus and and your, your huge clubs and your six ex Premier League clubs in the division, is it? I think so. That's that's what we're, we're competing with now, and uh, it's great to have owners that are fully aware of that, but also a team and a squad that believe they can compete with that. That's awesome for for a club like Wickham. I think fans can't they can get a bit despondent when there's a bit of a, a poor run, but I guess in in a way it's just that's just what football is, isn't it? You get dips and, and peaks as well, and and you know looking at the the table, I know it's still very early in the season, only thirteen games, but uh, but you know only four points off the playoffs as it is. Yeah, you know it's really, really early, and and uh, fans in football are knee-jerk reaction sometimes, and and you know we, we, memories are are short from some clubs. Um, Wickham Wanderers seems to be a decent group of fans, and uh, you know you obviously always get you one or two, but there's there's patience here. There's a there's a belief in what we're building, and there's a there's a, a consistency which we're really proud of. You know, so yeah, I'm 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 really happy where we are right now, and uh, and I'm looking forward to. Saturday's game now, which again will be a tough one away at MK. And a number of positives to take from Tuesday night as well. A goal for Daryl Hogan, which I'm sure will help as well. Yeah, Daz has, you know, I've spoken to him about, you know, his, his contribution and, and that's brilliant to see, you know, a great run from midfield. Uh, you know, Adam Leathers getting involved in the build-up as well and and some some young players getting some good minutes, you know. I thought uh, some, some real eye-openers. You know, Daz, Daz played really well and, uh, and I'm really pleased for him to get his goal here. Yeah. And does it feel it's a good time to be playing MK Dons? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not a good time to be playing any teams, but they, you know, they're on a, on a poor run at the moment. So I guess it could, could go either way because sort of capitalise on that, or or you know they could be um, sort of looking for a, a scalp, of course. Yeah, you've answered your own question, <laughs> you? uh, Yeah, it's it, it's never it's, it's it's always a dangerous time to play any team. You know, if a team's won three on the spin, you're you're thinking these are in form, and if a team's lost three on the spin, you're thinking that's got to change soon. So there's no you know there's no easy time to play anyone. I think that we've got to just be consistent with our performances and not worry about the opposition. You know, we'll be we'll be looking at them tactically, but um, you know, runs of form come and go in football, as you've just said. And uh, MK are a good side; they got some good players, and we've got to make sure that we are uh, we are our best away as well, because there's there's going to be a little bit of the playoff semi final hanging around. You know, that was such a big game only three, four or five months ago. You know, so you know, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting 
team that they put out because they've lost Darling, they've lost Twine, they've, they've lost Parrot, you know, some big big players they've lost, but they have brought some good players in. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we, we respect them as, as much as ever. And uh, and as I said, if people had disrespected our league position two weeks ago, then they're there. They'll definitely be ruining that, and uh, and we, we're going to do exactly the same to MK Dons. This league is so open; anybody can beat anybody in this league, and uh, and we're going to make sure we, we turn up again and, and keep that consistency that we've had in the last two games. It's strange, isn't it? Because both sides have had sort of quite different fortunes since uh, since that playoff meeting. Yeah, um, and that's the league. You know that that is the league, and you know they they obviously lost some big players. I lost some big players. I've lost some staff members. They lost some staff members. So. It's tough. It really is tough. And and I always say that if your best players aren't available, you are going to struggle. You can't say I was lucky enough to do some punditry last night and we were talking about that with some of the guys on the on the panel. And, you know, your Van Dykes of this world and your Salas of this world, they're out of the team. You know, the, the, the Liverpool become a totally different animal. Totally, totally. And that's that's on a knife edge of keeping your best players fit, keeping your best players available. We have to do that here. MK want to do it there and every other team in League One, you know, they want their best squads out there. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we, we, we look after them. We, you know, they're not, they're not just disposable assets. These guys, they're, they're, you know, the the people we've got to take care of. They they deliver for the club. They've got to make sure that they're fit. And, and that's down to my medical teams, my sports science teams. And, and obviously the way we train and prepare for games. So um, a lot more goes into it than just picking an 11 as a, as a lot of people will just probably, type on a Saturday night after a game there's a lot a lot more that goes into that and I see it every day I see who's fit I see who's available who's in form who's struggling and yeah everyone's got their own little issues um, but so far so good I'm pleased where we are this season and hopefully we can capitalise on, uh, on the two wins we've had Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, one of the uh, few non-live bits uh, of the show this week uh, Luke's with us live as well hello We'd have, if we'd have pre-recorded this that would have just left that out and just started you this is live Colin of course ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Uh, You've joined us for a a, a brief notice board section. Uh, Yes, just to mention that there is a family fun-filled day uh, on Saturday the 29th... We'd have done that better. Yeah, I would (laughs) have. On Saturday the 29th of October, uh, the game against Morecambe, it's going to be a family fun day. Lots going on, uh, including our very good friends, uh, the Wickham Swan, also going to be there, uh, along with Cinderella... And her uh, carriage as well. It's on the pitch? On, not on the pitch, no. The, 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 the grounds people would not be very happy with that. No. Uh, but lots of things happening. You can meet the players at 12.30. Entertainment in the car park kicks off at 1. Uh, some radio station called Wickham Sound are going to be there as well. Uh, and it's all being uh, sponsored by Bucks New University. Sounds a good, a good day. Yeah, very good. There's quite a run of home games coming up. It's going to be busy. The FA Cup to come as well. It's yeah. Walsall. Um, a live match commentary, of course, on Saturday away at MK Dons. Yes, that will be good. Uh, build up from two. And then, as I say, quite a, quite a run of home games. So it feels good at the moment. We've got these these uh, back-to-back wins for the yeah. first time this season. Uh, it was great atmosphere on Saturday um, being there, especially that end goal was really, really good. So here's to more of that. Yes, uh, much uh, positive news still to come. Uh, the Wicked Wanderer Show, of course, uh, if you miss it, uh, you probably won't be listening to this, uh, but there's a podcast version uh, available uh, from tomorrow as part of your uh, pre-match build-up and uh, the Wicked Wanderer Show on a Thursday evening from 7 here at Wickham Sound. Many thanks. Come on, you please.